Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, half back, flat, on two, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Good morning, Polly. Is it kind of nice to have your aloha brother back in the house? Mm-hmm. You're Holly from New York City. Holly! I Not made a... about a Holly. What does that mean? I don't know. A uh, white person. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, he's he's slightly tanner than me now, uh, Tanny oh. O'Neill. Oh. No, I'm not tan. I don't tan. Brock tans. Brock Brock will get a, a deep shade of tan. Mm. Does that mean Bronzed. he bronzes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, question one, just piggybacking off of where we left off, Brock, with Richard Sherman. Why is it that when Richard Sherman has something like this happen, there's a lot more empathy for him for maybe somebody like an Earl Thomas? Yeah, I would probably agree with that texter, what, what, right or wrong, just perception wise. And, and as I, I would speculate on that answer is I think the Seahawk fan would deem Earl more selfish. I think that middle finger to, to Pete on the field was the final, like, fine. Like, you don't want to be a part of us versus Richard. I'm my own agent tore my Achilles. I'm negotiating my own deal. And even though there was a little bit of scorched earth on his way out, I think people remember the tip. I think people remember screaming at uh, at Aaron Andrews post game. I think people remember the rants, you know, about the Legion of Boom and the LOB. And he was the he was the Jimmy Hart of the LOB. He was the mouth, <laughs> the mouth of the South. <laughs> he was he was the mouthpiece. And I think because of it, built so much equity. And Danny, we talked about this during those heydays. I remember sitting in Stark, or not, yeah, Starkville, Mississippi. Plugging my Comrex unit on a Friday into the into the radio set there in that stadium and taking calls, Danny, you and me taking calls. I'm like, man, has the has the Seahawk fan changed? Have you now become cocky? Is passive aggressive shut the door? And is Jimmy Hart, Richard Sherman, the mouth of Seattle, giving you now a mouthpiece to to get behind? And I think it was definitively yes, yes. So I think there's just a, a ton more equity there between those two, Paul, is just kind of the yeah, kind of the mouthpiece, the centerpiece of all that was the LOB. It spawned Richard Sherman spawned a editorial that was written, I believe, by my my, my wife. She said uh, the the collective shame over Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman's postgame comments. This is the Aaron Andrews is not about sportsmanship. It's about Seattle wanting to be nice. You want to be on top. Own it. Seattle could use a little more trash talking. This city needs some swagger. Instead of doing a touchdown dance, Seattle would prefer to wring its hands about whether it's a world-class city. Our Scandinavian founders would probably prefer the Denver quarterback Peyton Manning's aw shucks to Sherman's bravado. You want to be a winner, Seattle? You better dance like a butterfly, sting like a bee. As a member of the editorial board, I engage in thoughtful question and debate, but some issues defy the Socratic method. I only had one thing to say to 49ers fans at the bar where I watched the NFC Championship game on Sunday. You mad, bro? I aim to shermanate. It's time to do some trash talking. Other states want to come take our Boeing 777X assembly line. Our state will turn around and wave you off as it sails into the end zone. You don't go up against the best riveters in the country and expect to win. Don't open your mouth about the best. 
I aim to make the. I'm making the choking sign at Bertha sitting on its backside under the boardwalk. You were brought here to drill the widest single bore tunnel ever. You don't cost the state two billion back up traffic to West Seattle for years and stop drilling for seven weeks because of a rock. When did, did you just pull that out, Danny? Are you reading that from rote memory right now? No, no, I I, I looked it up on on the internet. Uh, it was written j- January twenty fourth, two thousand. Frame that. That's amazing. It's pretty funny. Well, and, and I think it's pretty accurate. Steve Largent was the first Hall of Famer with the Seahawks, right? And what was he? He was just Tulsa red clay. Yes. Hard work and quiet. Don't say anything. I'll hit my carton right in the mouth after he knocks me out. But I'm not going to do it with my mouth. Cortez Kennedy, not going to do it with my mouth. Ken Griffey Jr. didn't even really want to talk to the media. I guess Gary Payton was of a similar vein and maybe beloved yeah. in the same yeah. way. But but he was a he was a beaver, and uh, you know, and and there were some I think questions and some spats about how much he practiced and everything else. There was never any question about the competitive fiber and juice of Richard Sherman. He was beloved in that manner and even louder and even more high profile because they were the greatest defense in, you know, right up there with the Indian history led by that LOB. So therefore, again, to, uh, to Sharon's points, he, he changed, <laughs> he changed, he changed the dynamic of a passive aggressive state into aggressive aggressive and people sure got behind him. Uh, speaking of Gary Payton, and this is, I need to attribute it properly, Mike Gastineau, a uh, longtime radio host in this region, once he was talking to George Carl about George, I think it was why George was so grumpy, and George just looks at me and goes, what you don't understand is my day every day starts with a 15-minute discussion with Gary Payton about whether or not he's going to practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that explains a lot, George. Yeah. We're talking about Question practice. two. <laughs> I, I asked this to the professor, and he he wa- waved me off. He waved me off like Joe West shooing Kyle Seeger after the <laughs> the premature called third strike. Uh, who's more likely to have a breakout season this year, Rashad Penny or Cody Barton? Rashad Penny. Yeah, I think Rashad Penny. Yep. But See, also, the professor too, told me I but, was silly. But also told too, me I was silly. It's Cody Barton. Cody Barton's going to be the strong side linebacker. Way. He is. Cody's going to be the strong side linebacker. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's a little light in the cakes. I think he is too. I think that suit picture years ago kind of unfortunately <laughs> doomed him for a little body in a big big suit. I mean, he's not a little guy. He's he's by you know human being standards is is plenty above average for the NFL and what you got to do from just a dynamic, twitchy, powerful all of those things. Hard to do at the edge of the line of scrimmage. He was an inside backer at, at Utah. He was smart. Mm-hmm. He was savvy. He's a lot like Ben Burkirvan. I mean, he kind of drafted two similar guys. Cody a little bit bigger than Ben. That's why he was a third rounder and Ben was a fifth rounder. But both, I think, profile more than anything to be just quality, studly special teams guys. And if one of them becomes your special teams captain in the vein of Larry Izzo, and I've said in the vein five times this morning, I apologize, but... If, if he does, then there's a roster spot for him. But to think he's going to be some 250-pound Bruce Irvin set an edge, you know, collision jet sweeps, collision tight ends, get home at times, drop into coverage, do all the things that that position, you know, all, although it's on the field a third of the time, still has to do. I have a hard time forecasting Cody Barton being that. Rashad Penny, I have a hard time forecasting being available and being durable. But same with Chris Carson. And we know there will be opportunities. So breakout year, 
All of a sudden, we look back in January and say, gosh, I didn't see that coming from Cody Barton. I didn't see that coming from Rashad Penny. I think both of them are long shots, but overall productivity, I think there's more opportunity for Rashad Penny. Exactly, and I think with Daryl Taylor, too, and all that we've heard about Daryl Taylor for the last two seasons without actually having seen him do anything, I feel like the Seahawks are going to bend over backwards to give him every opportunity where they probably won't give many to Cody Barton. Well, he's got the clay to mold. Everything that I just said about being, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 250 pounds, yoked out of your mind, powerful, strong, Frank Clark on an edge, you know, strong side linebacker, Bruce Irvin on the edge, strong. I mean, just look at the profile of of what Pete looks for in that body type-wise, athleticism-wise. And that leans big time to Daryl Taylor. So he'll be given an opportunity, but I think you also got to be a little careful. This is your Dave Wyman, like potential will get you fired. Like he's got a lot of potential. He hasn't done a thing yet in this league. Is there the tools to work with? Yes, but he sure got a lot of proof, lot to prove as well. How did, how are you feeling about Daryl Taylor, Paul? Because on, oh. I, well, I did, for you too, Brock. Because because I look at it and I'm like. Everything they've said so far is the kind of thing Pete says about putting the best vision forward for what this player can become. I don't think it tells me very – it doesn't give me an understanding of how likely he is to fulfill that. I'm going to believe it when I see it with Tara. Yeah, let me see the 10 snaps in preseason where he's got an opportunity to be violent. Remember Frank Clark, his rookie year? You know, he he didn't know what he was doing, but you could just see a source of power, and he would just – collapse at the end of the line of scrimmage he would just decimate you know blockers trying to block him and you were like jeesh what was that uh, what, uh ralph uh, what was the arcade character turn movie wreck it ralph wreck yeah. ralph yeah yeah he was wreck clark right he was just wreck frank there his his rookie year daryl taylor this this is in essence his rookie year after missing all of last season i'd like to see in preseason five ten snaps of, of wreck daryl of all of a yeah. sudden, just like whack-a-mole, like bam, there goes that tight end. Bam, you want to run jet sweep, there you are. Not that he's got to make every play, but you just see that physical presence. That's what he's going to have to put on display. And until you are in pads, in game, in those moments, there is no way to really project or forecast that. The coming out moment for Frank Clark when he did exactly what Brock was talking about, it was in game two of his rookie year mm. when they were taken on the San Diego Chargers, who were then still in San Diego, it was an extraordinarily hot game, and he messed with he messed with Philip Rivers. It's that same game where Bruce hit him late. Like Frank reached in and did something to Philip Rivers, and Rivers was yelling at him afterwards. And when I asked Bruce after the game what Frank did, Frank or Bruce kind of smiled at me and he goes, "He's going to fit right in with us." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. It's pretty funny. The thing with Taylor for me, there's just been so much said about him just from draft day on, and I am hearing too much without having seen anything. I'll say it's a little little tiresome at this point, but we'll see this season. Question three. Brock, I saw a story on Pro Football Talk about how Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger will likely overtake Brett Favre as the most sacked quarterback in NFL history this year, and they are well within striking distance if you take a look at the actual numbers as far as where brady is as far as where roethlisberger is the all-time record is 525 by far tom brady 521 ben roethlisberger 516 halfway through the year they'll both overtake brett Favre. but what i found interesting you know brady's going into year 21 roethlisberger's going into year 17 russell wilson is 20th all time in terms of time sacked 
in just nine years, sacked 394 times. He is going to blow those guys out of the water as far as the most sacked quarterbacks in NFL history down the, down the road, especially seeing as we're going to go to a 17-game NFL schedule. Yes. Do you think he can change that? Do you think that he can at the very least perhaps lower that sack rate because it feels like 40 sacks a year is a lock every single season with him? If he's going to play 17 years or 21 years, that is a have to. That's not a, I, I hope he does. I, I wish he does. There, there's no way he's going to sustain 20 years in this league and be sacked at the pace he's sacked right now, which would put him at 800 sacks. That's just, that's untenable. The body eventually, as you do get older, I know he's been unbelievably gumby and tough and resilient and never misses, you know, as a, a game. Hardly a snap in his nine years, but I think that too is is what he echoed postseason. I, we got to protect better, and I, I, I think if John Gruden were sitting down with Russell Wilson back in the day, if John Gruden camped down there in Orlando, he would say, "Hey, Russ, man, you got to also learn to protect yourself, and that thing's got to be sailed into the front row." And he's gotten better at that. You know, I, I, I think he's he's learned an awful lot. I don't think he takes. The collisions that he did early in his career, and, and Danny and Paul in particular, the one I remember with J.J. Watt, that would probably knock the head off of a normal human being, right? Just scrambling around and, and trying to get extra yards. He gets down at, at all times. He does not look to run. He has said that multiple times. Yeah, and I think over the course of the next five, six, eight years, as just naturally you lose your legs a little bit, as Warren Moon would tell you, and you can't move like you used to, and you're not as twitchy as you once were, He's going to have to play a little bit more from the pocket. Getting rid of that ball and, and you know, taking away some of those sack numbers will be at the second end, you know, I think the second phase of his career a lot more than it's been this first decade. Are you are you giving proper consideration to the effect of nanobubbles? <laughs> like nanobubbles might have helped his durability. Or the mattress? What was the mattress? <laughs> <laughs> we should come up with the power rankings of Russell's worst businesses. Or eat the ball? <laughs> It's eat the ball. Eat the ball is the worst. Oh. Eat the ball is the worst. God bless like we're, every, everybody's they, playing for second place after that. Are they still around? I can't imagine it. I, mean, I they will were say a though, wonderful sponsor to our football camp. You know the seven ten camp we did and provided lunch at least a year, maybe two. So I don't want to be too disparaging. People don't like man, carbs though, bro. Man, was there was everything. Carb everything ball. about that. So it was, it, it was bread. Shaped like a football <laughs> that was advertised that you could keep it on the shelf for a year. Mm. Like, it, what about that? Like, you're like, hey, this bread, like in today's like artisanal, like fresh made, locally sourced, small batch. Like, what made you think, hey, this bread will stay good for a year? People who are like, oh, give me some of that. That sounds like it's great. That's got some good sustenance in it for you. <laughs> I mean, if a eat nuclear the apocalypse is coming, then that's good. So, yeah, you, so you put eat the ball one nanobubbles. Uh, forget even that mattress. Someone has to text them. What was the mattress he had? Was so like that a, was Brady was involved in that too. Oh, like yeah. Brady was like that. Well, that one's not just on Russell. Brady fell for that one too. Yeah, I can't hate. I had the TV twelve method book. So the the other thing though about <laughs> it's possible that eat the ball sent a bad message because isn't that what you say to someone like when you're saying just take the sack just eat the ball don't yeah. throw it don't or don't True. get picked off True. maybe that set like a bad precedent in Russ's mind that he he was, that's why he's had so many sacks because he eats the ball could have been could have been it's great to have you back Danny glad you, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got a nice 
a nice little tan there or an Irish tan or whatever you got going. And yeah, I got freckles, Brock. I got My body is one big freckle at this point. And excited to see the surfing videos in the days and the weeks <laughs> and the years to come, too. Those will be fun. Brock, we love it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, buddy. That is Brock Heward. Uh, he joins us Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays for Blue 42.